This is Internet Marketing. Brought to you by Site Visibility at sitevisibility.com. This is Internet Marketing. Today I'm joined by Paddy Moogan, co-founder at Era, who, which is based in Milton Keynes. Is that right, Paddy? Yeah, that's right. We're a digital marketing agency in Milton Keynes. I've uh, been around for nearly two years now. And I'm one of the co-founders and, um, yeah, I think we're nine people at the moment. So sh- slowly but surely growing, doing a lot of SEO content, digital PR, that kind of thing. So small but perfectly formed. Exactly. That's exactly how we describe ourselves. No, I wasn't describing you. I was describing the company you work for. <laughs> <laughs> um, today's topic, uh, PR and content strategy quite a big area i know but we're gonna sort of cone in a bit on sort of um i don't know well i was gonna say the pr and content side of it but that's a huge it's still a huge area um let's talk about um this whole notion of of content and particularly sort of creating sustainable content so i know you've got some thoughts on that haven't you paddy yeah so this was kind of born out of the idea that we've worked with a lot of clients, both at ERA and my, you know, in my previous role at the agency, worked with lots of clients on different content campaigns. And we kind of got into a cycle where we kept kind of doing campaigns every month and kind of coming up with new ideas and going through the same process month uh, over month, really. And it kind of occurred to me that that wasn't necessarily the most kind of efficient way of producing content and getting the best results for clients because what tends to happen is you're coming up with an idea for a piece of content, you'll design it, develop it, get it live, then promote it, get some links to it, hopefully, and then do the same again next time around. So that could be the next month or next second month or whatever it is. Yeah. And it occurred to me that what you could actually do is actually try and make it more sustainable. So each time you create a piece of content, you're kind of building upon the last one or you're building one piece of content and outreaching it for several months at a time, even trying to build in templates. So if you build a piece of content which you can then reuse an element of, that makes it cheaper for the client next time in the sense that you can spend more time on promotion rather than kind of redoing a design or build over and over again. So it kind of got me thinking a lot about how error we can do sustainable content for clients. And we started to build that entire processes over the last six to 12 months or so. Yeah. And tends to be working quite well. You know, so you can't always do it. You know, some clients want you to do brand new stuff all the time, which is fine as well. But generally it's working quite well in helping us to kind of cut down the amount of time it takes to produce a piece of content, which means we can spend more time promoting it, which is ultimately the most important bit really, because that's what gets the traffic and the results. Now, PR, specifically uh, digital PR, as opposed to t- traditional sort of PR, how does this this notion of sustainable content fit in with digital PR? Yeah, so I think really it fits in because the digital PR is the bit that gets the, you know, the word out there about the content. You, know, you can build the best piece of content in the world, but obviously if no one sees it, it goes to waste really. So digital yeah. PR is one of the ways that we can get awareness of that content, push it out to newspapers, magazines, blogs, that kind of stuff. So really that's kind of one of the most important elements. And a mistake that I've definitely made in the past is spending too much time on the the idea, the design, the development, and then not spending enough time on building, building the digital PR and the general promotion. Mm. So now digital PR is a very important step because it makes sure that we get you know, awareness of the content, get traffic to it, and um, make sure that as many people see it as possible, which is obviously what clients want at the end of the day. They want as many people looking at their website and their content as possible. Now, with content, you know, it, I suppose it has to be interesting, but it also has to be relevant, doesn't it? Sometimes that's a, a 
quite a difficult balance to achieve, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. It's it's really important because you don't want someone to look at a piece of content on a client's website and go, why are they producing that? Because it's got nothing to do at all with what that client does. So, for example, if you work with um, a client that sells on their car insurance and you're doing an infographic or a piece of content about uh, the best shoes to wear, totally random example, but you know that's that's not related to insurance whatsoever. Maybe a beautiful piece of content may work really well, but if it's not related back to the brand, then it's just not going to make sense for users and they're not going to make that connection. So wherever possible, we try and make content as relevant as possible to what the client does. And you can kind of go outside of that a little bit. So you can do it kind of on a tangent to what the client do, as long as it still fits in with the target audience. So if the target audience would enjoy a piece of content from the client, then that's totally fine if it's a little bit different. But if it's a totally different target audience, so if your target audience is kind of you know, 25 to 35 year old women living in the UK, mm. and you push out a piece of content that targets people in the US who are maybe comic book geeks, then that's not really going to fit very well with what, what the client are trying to do. So it's really important to try and keep it relevant. But it is a challenge because some clients, to be polite to them, don't work in the most interesting industries. So that can make things a little bit challenging. Yes, it reminds me of um, um, some marketing that I came across recently where there was, a, I think the client was uh, specialising in uh, concrete shutters, which are the, basically the yeah. forms that people use to make sort of like motorway flyovers and things. <laughs> yeah, so kind of what, what you do with that, right? It's not exactly the, it's obviously very, very important, but not the yeah. kind of thing that you seek out you know, to read about it online. Yeah, so it, it is quite a challenge. Do you think there's a convergence between um, PR and link building and outreach? Definitely. So it's something which I've been noticing probably for the last three or four years now, to be honest, kind of subtly, but more kind of in the last two years, maybe people are talking about it a lot more. And it's kind of borne out, I think, I think two things are happening where PR agencies, so traditional ones who've been around for a long time, are realising that they need to move towards digital. And so the days of just selling in stuff to print you know a slowly kind of dying out they're you know, never going to be dead totally until newspapers die out but they're realizing that clients want more than just that they want online coverage as well um so you, we're kind of seeing pr companies move towards digital and slowly starting to do the kinds of things that seo agencies have done mm. for many years now and then the other thing that's happening as well is seo agencies are moving more towards what pr people do so the techniques they're using and the methods they're using to get coverage for clients actually looks like what I've I've done for the years Um, I might argue a little bit being cynical that SEOs are doing it mainly because of Google changing the rules on good links and bad links so Penguin obviously came along in 2012 and ruined a lot of you know link building techniques that worked for many years Uh, part of me thinks if they hadn't done that SEOs would still be doing that now because it was easy and it worked. So part of me is thinking this is an enforced change. So SEOs are moving towards PR kind of because they have to really. But that's, you kind of, those two things are happening a lot. And I'm starting to see kind of a little bit of a meeting in the middle where good link building is looking like good PR and good PR is actually looking like link building. So it's kind of converging quite nicely. I don't think you're ever going to separate them. Uh, sorry, combine them totally. I think there's always going to be kind of people with a PR discipline and that kind of mindset there's always going to be SEOs with that mindset. But I think the, the work they do is going to look a lot more uh, like each other in the years to come. Do you think there's been a kind of a sort of resistance against PR? I, honestly, probably a little bit. Um, because I think one of the things that PRs have had for many years, which has been a problem for them, is how to measure it. Mm. Obviously, um, the, the traditional way of doing it was around kind of circulation and 
number of people that read a certain newspaper, how much it would cost to get coverage in a newspaper, that kind of stuff. So using metrics, which whilst they're fine kind of on their own, aren't perfect in terms of measuring the success of a campaign. And then SEOs kind of come along and can measure things exactly right. We can measure traffic from Google. We can measure what if someone converts from that very, very easily. Mm. So I think there's been that little bit of a resistance to moving towards PR because it's got that kind of a negative tag of it can't be measured. So I think there's been a little bit of resistance and also, I guess, a little bit of SEOs not really wanting to change and wanting the good old days of throwing 100,000 links at a website and it working. Yes. Um, so those days are obviously, it still works a little bit, I won't lie, but it doesn't work anywhere near as well as it used to. So I think there's part, partly an element there of SEOs not wanting to change and embrace new ways of doing things, one of which is obviously PR. Mm. How do you see this panning out in the future? This sort of um, do you, do you, I mean, obviously there is a convergence between sort of sort of content and PR and link building, but sort of how do you see it sort of panning out? I don't know, five, ten years down the road. I think that what will end up happening is we'll kind of I, again, as I said earlier, I don't think they'll separate. I don't think they'll combine totally. I think um, there'll always be your specialist PR consultants or specialists and then there'll be SEO specialists and link building specialists. Yeah. I don't think we'll ever get to the point where there's just one name for all of them or they all kind of admit they're doing the same stuff. But I think longer term what will happen is the goals that they both work towards will look very, very, very similar. So I think we'll end up losing the whole measuring PR by circulation because brands are going to realise that's actually not a great measure of success with all the other measures that are available through because mm-hmm. of digital marketing being much more measurable. And I think that that'll mean that what PRs work towards online will look a lot like what SEOs have been working towards for many years now. So links generated, the quality of those links, the traffic those links drive, and the, you know, the value of that traffic that comes through um, the coverage, I think we'll see the goals aligned much more closely in the future. So when a client wants to increase traffic to their website, a PR company can do that, or should I say, a digital PR company can do that, as well as an SEO company can. So I think we'll see a bit of a convergence there. But I think the job roles are going to remain quite separate for, for a while, to be honest. I don't think we're quite in love with each other that much yet. Yeah, I sometimes think that people in the future, when they when they talk historically, it feels like a bit of a joke, but when they talk historically about uh, digital marketing, they, they, they might sort of... Um, borrow the sort of uh, parlance from the paleontologists and have like, oh yes, it was the, the pre-panda era and then the post-panda era and uh, all these yeah. various ease. But it's, it's, it's certainly interesting to speculate what might happen. Um, how can our listeners find out uh, more about you, Paddy, and more about area? Um, yeah, so you can follow me on Twitter at Paddy Mugan or you can go to our website, which is era.net. I'm also around at the linkbuildingbook.com and you can email me through there as well. And uh, paddyatera.net if anyone's got any follow-up questions or anyone wants to debate this whole PR versus SEO area, I'd love to talk about it. So yeah, any of those methods will work. Well, Paddy, thanks so much for joining us. And just to clarify for our listeners, our, um, area is spelt A-I-R-A, isn't it? Yes, that's right. Yeah, we didn't think too much about that when we decided on the brand. So hopefully <laughs> we'll get by and people can figure it out. But if not, um, at Paddy Moogle on Twitter will work as well. Fantastic. Okay, well, thanks for listening, everyone. The show notes are in the usual place, sitevisibility.com slash IMPodcast. Uh, if you want to connect with me, I'm Dr. Pod, D-O-C-T-O-R. 
pod on Twitter and LinkedIn. Um, and please uh, do send in your questions and comments, mainly questions really. Email is podcast at sitevisibility.com and the magic phone number is plus four four one two seven three two five six one five oh. Well, that's all from me, Andy, and it's all from Paddy. Cool. Thanks a lot, Andy. And we'll see you next time on Internet Marketing. Thank you.